Next is the processes of maintaining a pervasive focus on learning and students' achievement and attainment, both academically and non-academic. So I like that word pervasive, like you must, you know, a pervasive focus. I love that word. I don't know why. A pervasive focus on learning and students' achievement, right? And of course, the first thing, again tell goes back to what our vision and our purpose is in terms of um that influencing the curriculum right influencing the curriculum and um, ensuring that the curriculum is relevant and then going into the place of so the next thing we then need to think about is the curriculum is there um we have moved the curriculum into appropriate schemes and you know what a scheme is what are we learning per time and the sequence of learning so that's what the scheme is so you need to ask yourself why have we chosen to to learn you know this before that right so it's important to have that information with regards to um, our scheme then from there we go into our lesson plans and now of course with our lesson plans you know that brings us to a place of what are the, what our lesson outstanding and what are the features of outstanding lessons very important for us to know which again we would unpack when we get to module seven. Um, so beyond that is when the lesson is taking place again. So some strategies that we should, or things we need to be thinking about with regards to maintaining a pervasive focus on learning would be things like how do we maximize learning time in the classroom, right? Um, how do we, what are the engagement strategies? You know, are our, our strategies data informed, right? Or, you know, so why are we doing something because we just hear that people are doing it and it's exciting? Or are we doing something because the data that we have, you know, collected from our children's performance, right, is or all different types of needs for our children. Um, and that is what is informing uh, the strategies that we have decided to use, right? Then, of course, something like benchmarking against best practice. So what who is best practice? Where is best practice? We Even within the school, um, and then ensuring that there's a system of peer observation and, and peer mentorship. And then you can also benchmark against, uh, you know, other schools, create a relationship home and abroad and, and, and um, observe, you know, maybe observe and, and get information from them as well. So that uh, benchmarking against best practice is very important, right? Um, we are maintaining a pervasive focus on, on learning what is our timetable like right our time management what is it like um this which is where our, our timetables come in so our timetables actually do they serve learning or we are just doing our timetable in such a way that we are cramping or putting all sorts of things in there so that it won't be you know we're you fulfilling all righteousness is that what we are working with these are questions that we need to begin to ask ourselves so we need to avoid time leakages um teaching time should be used for teaching Again, how do we maximize learning time, um, lesson preparedness, class preparedness, um, ensuring transition time is is effective. We are doing smart work. We are managing our time. We are being organized. These are things that um, we must institute intentionally 
in our class, in our schools, when we are maintaining a pervasive focus on it. And you know that there's no way that you maintain a pervasive focus on learning without assessing learning. So which is why we must keep records of our students' achievement, our students' attainment, longitudinal records over time of students' achievement and attainment. And we, we should be able to use that data to say, oh, you know, data across um, groups. It can be across girls. It can be across boys. It can be, you know, data across year levels, right? It can be individual data. It's okay, so why is um, this particular boy, Mushokwe, you know, last term he did well. This term is, you know, his class average has dropped, you know. So the total average has dropped, you know. So we, what we must, when we are going to focus on learning, we must also be focused on assessing you know, students' achievement and attainment and using that data, right, to do great work. Very, very important, extremely important. So it's, it's, it's um, ensuring that learning, 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 learning. We're in school and we're there to learn, right? We talked about teaching, but we're also there to learn. So let me quickly run through some learning, some learning principles right that it'll be good for you to you know as a leader know and ensure and ultimately intimate your people you know with regards to them now in no particular order learning is not necessarily an outcome of teaching so because we teaching has happened does not mean that learning has taken place right so which is why we must always assess learning after teaching during teaching right and must encourage the children to also assess you know self-assess so because I have taught does not mean that the children have learned. It's extremely important that we know that, right? And I think that mindset is one, a mindset that disturbs a lot of teachers because, oh, but I taught him, I taught him, I taught him. No, does it mean that he has learned? So you must begin to know as a teacher, what are the factors that affect children learning? What are the factors that affect children learning? Extremely important and we will also touch that as well. Now, the second principle is that what students learn is influenced by their own existing ideas, which is why we must explore prior knowledge, right? Prior knowledge can hinder or help learning. The third is progression in learning is usually from concrete to abstract. So, and, and I love that. I mean, Montessori is, is the bedrock of that. So we go from concrete to abstract, something that they can see, they can touch, they can feel, they can hold, they can explore to a place where we say, okay, let's take that into paper or let's take that into somewhere that you don't need to, you know, you, you don't need to touch, you, you, you don't have those things to touch and feel and do that, you know, again, especially with children that are in, the, that are in primary school. Number four is that people learn to do well only what they practice doing. Practice, practice, the doing detail. Practice, 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 practice. They practice. So I've, I've, we did it once in the classroom and then um, it was never done again. Right, was never talked about, was never touched, nothing happened again. And then the next thing is, you are asking me about it. Hello, I'm not going to remember because practice was not there. The next one is effective learning by students requires feedback. Right? So it requires feedback. It requires feedback. You must get feedback. You must ask for feedback. I know best practice places where when the children are done, then they ask the children to sort of assess the, the lesson, to say, okay, did they get anything from it? What did you get from it? If they are younger, they would use um, smiley faces, right? 
So it's important that you know effective learning by students requires feedback. Feedback from you, their teacher, and then you, their teacher, getting feedback from them is very important, right? So targeted feedback enhances the quality of students' learning. So when you are giving the child feedback, don't say oh, you did well, you did good, well done. You say, oh, I like that you have, you are showing increased um, understanding, or you are showing increased um, prowess or you are showing increased mastery of this concept, do not forget to do ABC. That's feedback for learning, right? The number six is expectations affect, affect performance. So if you are setting low, low expectations for your children, they will know that you are setting low expectations for them. And guess what? They will meet you at the level of the expectations that you have set. But if you are setting high expectations within the confines, within the, you know, the structure of support, you see that your children are doing a lot. It's, it's, it's um, a disservice when we um, group children, high, high level, high performance, middle performance, whatever, whatever way. And then those ones that we feel as if are in the low performance or low achieving, then we are asking them not, we are not asking them for much because, ah, you know, you know you are not really intelligent. So you're not asking them for much. What happens is that those children will meet you at the level of your performance. And then again, remember we are saying that if school effectiveness is adding value. You realize that at the end of the day, you've added no value to those children because you have not um, set high expectations for them. The next one, number seven, is to become self-directed learners. Students must learn to monitor and adjust their own approaches to learning. So it's something called meta-learning, learning how you learn, right? So and it comes from give, teachers giving the students um, time to reflect on their learning, right? And you know begin to figure out how did i learn that why did i learn that in what circumstances do i learn best right under what conditions do i learn best or learn least so it is important that we allow children to monitor their own learning and then adjust right their own approaches to learning now number eight is how students organize knowledge influences how they learn and apply you know what they know so i i always believe that you know students need to be taught how to organize their own learning even from the place of their notebooks even from the place of the journaling that they keep even from the place of their their portfolios students must be able to organize their you know their learnings when you organize things and then this where this takes us to is also cross-curricular um, um linkages and cross-curricular connections between subjects in a between topics in different subjects. So, and that's where we talk about that thematic approach to learning. That helps students organize their thought processes properly. Now, students' motivation determines and directs um, and sustains what they do to learn. So, the students' motivation must not be their discountenance. But we also know that the place we are, we are working in the place of intrinsic motivation. But again, these children are children be good to also you know time and again expose them to some measure of extrinsic motivation right and so just a nice balance of both of them but in a place moving more towards intrinsic you doing it because you want to do the best you want to do get you know do the best work for yourself and not necessarily because your teacher is going to give you a star but it's just a balance i think for me what i would use all those stars for some measure of engagement in the classroom, right? So that is where that would come in. Now, the tenth one is to develop mastery. Students must acquire component skills. I think 
this is such a table shaker right and practice integrating them and know when to apply what they have learned so you there must be you want a child to be able to do for example um uh, what's it called now um i mean maybe a measure of long division but that's not what i want to use i want to use simple interest so you look at what are the component skills of simple interest there must be multiplication there must be division there must be understanding of percentages right they must be able to deal with fractions so it's those component skills that the, the child must know first before you can then say oh use it to do something else but what we find out is that we don't pay enough attention to the component skills that the children must get before they so it's like it's like writing so we ask the child to write a story does the child know what beginning middle and ending of the story does the child know what it means does the child know how to do the transition between the beginning middle and ending of stories does the child know how to write um, simple sentences how to write compound sentences does the child know how to use speech marks so these are component skills that must be there then we add all of them together um, and then we integrate them to know when to apply what they learn so these are just principles learning principles that we we need to think about and um, you know unpack in our schools if we want to maintain that pervasive i like that word that's almost like one of my best words that pervasive focus on learning um, in our schools you know and a pervasive focus also on on students achievement and attainment you know using data using data so that's something else that we can begin to think about so the question is how how focused are you in your school on learning and students achievement and attainment how focused are you because again that's why we are there we're not there to because the, the, the walls are bright and they are well painted and your school is so shiny we are there because we want to know if children are learning and the reason why we are going to keep records is because again we must be seen to be adding value so a child comes into a year four classroom at a 75 percent total average right and then is in your year four classroom then with 75 percent at the end or even goes down to 50 percent we begin to ask that teacher question begin to ask the whole system question what is happening why is this happening to this child so we must maintain that pervasive focus on students learning their achievement and their attaining understanding that achievement is you know the difference in performance and attainment is the performance right excellent